Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Paul Dottino. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes and multiple ways for you to interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You could also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. And a reminder, you can find the archive of the show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So this is our first show since Saturday's game. We'll recap the heartbreaking loss to the Vikings. Greg Joseph coming through with a 61-yard field goal. His time expired in regulation. And also get into clearly some playoff implications. Two games left. The Giants still control their own destiny. They win one of their remaining two games. They are in. So they don't necessarily need to scoreboard watch. They don't need assistance. But there's a lot of teams clearly mathematically in the mix, including the Green Bay Packers, who got a lot of assistance this weekend, given all four teams in the wildcard hunt lost, and they ultimately beat the Miami Dolphins on Christmas. But, Paul, let's start with the Vikings game. And clearly the biggest theme was a theme that we've talked about multiple times in some of these close contests. Multiple opportunities to pull ahead to put Minnesota in a precarious spot, and unfortunately, the Giants just could not capitalize. You have the two turnovers. Really, let's say it's three, because the block punt to me is a turnover. Right. And then you had an opportunity to change field position as a result of Kirk Cousins making some questionable throws. Cordell Flott could not complete the process of the interception, so that goes down as a drop. And then, if you recall, I don't know if he would have got both feet in, but Nick McLeod, Paul, earlier in the game on the left sideline mm-hmm. also had an opportunity and interception. So, I really calculate two chances, perhaps. I don't know if he would have gotten field that position. One. I'm with you. It That's was close. questionable. It was close, but there was at least a play to be made under those circumstances, and those add up in the end, and that's unfortunately why the Giants lost by three points. Well, they, they also had one interception nullified by a pass interference penalty, and there was certainly contact there. I've seen calls not made for more contact than that. I'm not going to say it was a bad call because it was pass interference. He absolutely made contact oh, sure. with his left arm. There's yep. no question and about it. And you're talking it. about Fabian Morrow, just so yes, the audience Mor- understands, Mor- on Justin Jefferson. But, yeah. but, but I will say, uh, you know, with the variance in officiating that we've seen this year, whereby some stuff gets called and some stuff doesn't called, I, I'm telling you, half the time, that play's probably not called. 
just because of the way the officials are calling sure. games this year. You just never know. And when I saw it live, I mean, I was on the sideline. I thought it was a clean pick. And then when I saw the replay, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know, absolutely not. And I, and I, and I couldn't cry about the fact that it was taken away. But the point that you're making is well made. The Giants had so many chances, and just like Butterfingers, just let this game go. They clearly were the better team than the Vikings on Saturday. I feel very confident if they play them in a rematch in the playoffs, they will beat them because I can't imagine they will have so many uh, faux pas, if you will. Uh, it, it was uh, the two fourth quarter first down passes dropped by Richie James, who had a good game, but yep. dropped. Two first down throws, you know, that that hurt them. Uh, you had Bellinger get the ball ripped out on a fumble. In Minnesota territory, by yes. the way. I mean, look, at least he came back and made a really nice stab on the two-point conversion that tied the game. But, you know, you look at this and it's like, you know, the Giants, the Giants let this game go. And and I will tell you this, they felt that in the locker room. I feel that that was a team that knew not only that they could compete with a number two seed in the conference, but that they had that game and let it slip away. I believe that Minnesota played a very strong game. I don't know that they can play a whole lot better. Cousins played pretty well. Sure. Hutchinson was outstanding. Jefferson was outstanding. Hawkinson, you mean? Yeah. Hawkinson. Yeah. Yeah. Hawkinson. Uh, Cook. Ran the ball pretty well. They didn't give it to him a ton. They had to lean on him but much, he, yeah. but, he, but he did run the ball pretty well when he ran it. Defensively, they got three sacks on Jones. I think 11 quarterback hits, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's what the Vikings are. They showed you their A-minus game. The Giants showed you their C-plus game? B-minus game? Maybe? So... You know, I think there's more disgust and aggravation than there is disappointment and sorrow. I, I don't think anybody with the Giants necessarily feels down right now. If anything, I just think you feel galvanized that you're going to uh, take care of business on Sunday and then uh, hope that, uh, you know, you get that draw again. And right now, it would be a 3-6 matchup, of course. So the Giants would not be playing the Vikings. It'd be a San Francisco matchup if the players would start today, just so Correct. that everybody understands. Correct. The Giants would have to fall to the 7, or the Vikings would have to fall to the 3 right. to change things up in terms of the breakdown. But, yeah, they were with them every step of the way. I don't look at the Vikings, and we had a bit of this conversation leading up into the game. They're not a dominant number 2 team. They've won 11 games by one score, Paul. They're 11-0. That's the most one-score wins in NFL history. Forget Vikings history. Nobody's ever done what they've been able to pull off. They've been hanging around with teams, and they find a way to close things out. And I don't think – I don't want to take anything away from the Vikings. They're not a lucky team. You do that 11 times, there's a science to it, well, okay? They deserve some credit for that. It's it's kind of weird that, you know, they didn't close the Giants out. The Giants got the tying score. It took them 59 seconds to go 75 yards sure. and then get the two-point conversion. So they didn't close that game out. Well, they, but- they wound up getting a fortuitous non-holding call when Thibodeau was held clearly on the final pass play that allowed Jefferson. First of all, let me go back earlier. Cousins gets rid of the ball a fraction of a second in time to get the completion to Jefferson earlier in the drive. Uh, decent coverage by Holmes. Okay, decent. Sure. But a really, really desperation throw like Cousins just looking to get rid of the ball. Jefferson makes the play. So that extends the drive. 
And then on the wide receiver screen where Thibodeau was obviously held and they don't get that call. And then, okay, now their kicker's going to come in and kick a 61-yard field goal, but it's five yards longer than he's ever kicked in his life. He's only two of seven from 50 and beyond. Come on, what are the chances he's going to make this one? Oh, wait a minute. He's playing the Giants. It's the last play of the game, which means he could make it from 85 yards because that's the kind of luck this team has well, yeah. when it comes to kickers. Yeah, the Giants have been on the wrong end of those last-second lengthy Big leg kicks way too often, it seems. So this was certainly the latest. But even if there was a hold, I mean, the bottom line is the Jefferson screen for 17 yards was a back-breaking play, Paul. Because well, no doubt. If you hold them to 10 yards there. I know. Who's to say that Joseph can hit from, you know, 68, 69 yards? They'll probably maybe take a chance still, even though there's a chance he could come up short. But... You want to make it a little bit more difficult for him to really make well, that monster kick. Considering this was five yards longer than his longest ever, I mean, I talked to Julian Love after the game in the locker room, and he said, "Well, we thought that even with that stop, that we had done enough." Well, because he that's why get... he was right near the goalpost. Yeah, I mean, Julian he, Love. Yeah, you know, he he didn't get he didn't get to his line, so to speak. You know, his line would have been the thirty-nine yard line, right? The thirty-nine yard line is a fifty-six yard attempt. That's that was quote his line. So they're thinking they stopped him, you know, at the uh, forty three. They're thinking, all right, we did what we we're supposed to do. He's not supposed to make that. It's just indoors, you know. Sometimes things change. Yeah, I guess Graham Gano. If he was in that situation, you'd like his chances too, wouldn't you? Well, Graham's hit sixty yards. Well, we've well, seen it. Sure, for the no, other and, team, by well, the way, in Carolina. But what I'm saying, <laughs> yes, no, I understand and that, that was outside. No, but if you look the trend around the NFL, Paul, in fairness, is indoors, most kickers they like their chances. But he was two of seven. I am aware from fifty plus this year. I know the odds were heavily in the Giants' favor. I think even the Vikings probably thought, "Look, we got to kick it because it's the last play of the game. We have got no choice." To lose. Sure, they didn't think he was going to make that kick. Well, but in fairness, you saw their though, response. They didn't think. No, but they didn't in, think so. In fairness, though, Paul, his struggles did occur earlier in the season. As of late, he's been better. I mean, they were actually speculating about whether or not they wanted to entertain the idea of bringing in a new kicker when Joseph was having his struggles. He went through a stretch where it was like, come on, here we go again. Remember, the Vikings have not had a good track record with last-second kickers if you go back into history. Sure. So he's turned the corner a bit. But yes, your point is well taken. The numbers didn't necessarily add up that you felt an overwhelming amount of confidence no. that he was going to nail it. I mean, going into the kick, I'm sure both teams felt like, all right, this is probably going into overtime. And I just think that the Vikings were drop-dead shocked that he made it. But he did. And so we go on. And now the Giants, of course, still, as we talked about last week, regardless of what happened this weekend, they would still be in control of their own destiny. The good news is all the other teams they wanted to lose lost to put the Giants in position where they now only need one win instead of maybe needing two if things had gone different ways. They only need one win to clinch the spot. Though I now include the Green Bay Packers in the conversation, given what transpired this past week. And normally, you know, when I was having a conversation with you, I said it's four teams for two spots. Now you really have to say, okay, Green Bay, if the Packers win out and Washington loses one game or the Giants lose out, the Packers are in the playoffs, Paul. Mm -hmm. So you have to entertain the idea that they're, 
the 15. And I wasn't necessarily giving them a lot of credit because mathematically a few weeks ago, I was like, wow, this is really going to be a stretch. Here we go. That's life in the NFL. Honestly, I could care less who outside this building no, of makes course. it or does sure. not. Whether no. it's Washington, Seattle, Green Bay, Detroit, who yep. cares? No, no, understandable. If the Giants get a spot, that's all that matters. No, and they don't have to worry about, to your point, as I mentioned off the top. They beat Indianapolis. They're fine. I just, I think if you're the Giants, though, you do not want it to come down to week 18. No. Because. No, why would you? Well, no, because people would say, well, Philadelphia may not have anything no, to play for. No, 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 no. You know the kind of pressure that would be sure. put on this well, team in that game? It's also, you don't even know how Philadelphia is going to approach the game too, you don't. Paul. Lane you can't Johnson make just got hurt, by the way. Yes, an abdominal tear, but it looks like he will return for the playoffs. And Jalen Hurts may actually play this week as they look to lock up the number one seed. So you just, you don't know. You have an opportunity at home against a sub-500 team that's playing tonight. Colts are going to be on Monday Night Football yes. against the Chargers. Yes. Nick Foles will be their new quarterback, so that does change the dynamics a little bit. And a dome team coming yep. up to the Meadowlands, and right now there's a forecast for possible showers and rain. Though it's going to be Sunday. in the 50s, in the, the 50s. low 50s. In the 50s. Is what, so it's not going to be freezing no, cold. Just yeah. Giants, take care of business Sunday. Just show that you belong. Take care of business. Get it done. Do what you're supposed to do. Handle your business. Finish the job. That's it. Just finish the job Sunday. Don't worry about the scoreboard. It's a position you always want to be in around this time of the year where you don't need assistance. And I've said this time and time again, regardless of hoping and praying that everybody else loses around you to make it easier, there is something to be said about gaining some momentum and confidence late in the season, also playing your best football. We have seen more often than not that the teams that enter the playoffs with their best football mm -hmm. right around them usually leads to good things. And I, to that point, I believe that the Giants actually did gain something out of the game in Minnesota, despite the loss. Well, it was an overall good performance. It really was. In terms of a lot of encouraging things from an offensive standpoint. Defense got some pressure on Kirk Cousins, mm -hmm. okay, which we said was going to be a key. Mm -hmm. But it's those mishaps and those brain farts, for the lack of a better phrase, that you got to eliminate because when you play as many one-score games, Paul, as the Giants have, okay, they've won eight games in that situation. The Vikings have won 11. What ultimately decides a game like that? It's the little things. Oh, no doubt. Right? No doubt. I mean, uh, Leonard Williams came out for a short period of time, but I would not anticipate any issues with him. Brian Dable was on earlier with the, with the media. Yep. said said, Dory Jackson is going to have a walkthrough tomorrow. Everybody's off today, the players are, in terms of field work. They're all doing film work on the Colts, obviously. But tomorrow's going to be a walkthrough. Then there'll be a practice you know, for the rest of the week. And Coach did say, we'll see. He's got to check with the trainers. There's a chance that Adoree Jackson might practice this week and be ready for the Colts. That would be a big deal against Michael Pittman, who was basically their big lone receiver. true aerial attack. Yep. Uh, and Alec Pierce has some size, too. He's Not that okay, he's as prolific Pitt, as Pittman. But they have Pittman's big got a receivers, resume. I guess, is they my do. point. they got a lot of size. So so you'd love to have him back. You'd love to have Adoree, obviously, for the playoffs if you get there. Old Jolari turned his ankle the other day. Didn't think it was serious after the game. You always want to check overnight to see how those things swell up or don't swell up. Uh, Coach said today he really didn't have much to say about Ojolari. They want to wait till tomorrow and see see what happens. When he they did get seem out of to field. indicate though that he's getting a little bit better. He did say he was improving. Part of the phrase. So yeah. again, that's another kind of day to day thing. But you'd like to believe that Ojolari and and Jackson at least have a chance to play this weekend. And Leonard Williams did go back in the game. Yep. So I don't worry about him. Look, I just think if the Giants. 
and McKinney, by the way, I should also throw that out there. McKinney doesn't look very promising. Um, you got to feel that if they're anything close to full strength, they've got the better roster than the Colts. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, especially in terms of continuity. I think that's where you start before you go into the ins and outs of the roster. The Giants, these guys have played together. Indianapolis has been shuffling personnel in and out. This is the third different quarterback, and they're down Jonathan Taylor. But what you were getting at, if you want to focus on just the keys to the game, and I know we're going to spend a lot of time on that the rest of the week, but the Giants have a very attractive matchup against a Colts offensive line that has struggled immensely. Absolutely they do. Absolutely So if Aziz doesn't play... You know, that's an important storyline right there. You'd rather have those four guys at your disposal, Paul, than three. It is It is no coincidence, and I know that Thibodeau has gotten better as the season has gone on, but it's no coincidence that the Giants' pass rush was at its best over the past month when Ojolari was in the lineup. I, well, that, and all four that, guys that, were out there. Well, no question, say. no question. Yeah. But it's no coincidence that Aziz has become a very pivotal part of this pass rush, not only because of his propensity to make big plays against the other team in the pocket, but also because of the dual edge threat that it provides. Sure. He has at least half a sack in each of the last four games, and that is every single game since he returned mm-hmm. from injured reserve. And you can see that when teams have to pay attention. Three force fumbles, too. Yeah, he's been a disruptive player. And Thibodeau had that big game against Washington. Maybe not as disruptive against Minnesota. Did have six tackles, four solo. But when you have to account for four as opposed to Paul two or three. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me it doesn't change the thought process oh, of the offensive coordinator. It does. Huge. So huge. that's something to monitor. Ojalari's status going in because then the Colts, they're going to say, okay, maybe we can draw some more attention towards Thibodeau because we don't have to worry about Ojalari on the opposite end. So I would say if there's any element that is going to dictate the outcome of the game, especially since the Colts have not been as effective on the ground running the ball. It's in the trenches. And we could say every game is defined by the trenches. I get that. But this game in particular, I think, ups the ante a little bit more because that is such a big question mark for the Indianapolis. The Giants need to dominate the trenches this week. It's just that simple. There's no reason why they shouldn't, and they need to. They need to assert themselves for being the team that they believe they are against a subpar Colts trenches. I don't think there's any doubt. And to be frank with you, even if Ward or 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 um, Zimenez wind up taking the bulk of those snaps, if Ojolari can't play, which I would still be the think, next two guys. Up. I still think yeah. the Giants have an edge in the trenches. Well, even sure. Timon Fox. Yeah, and Ward's been very active this season, no doubt, and has been productive. So, no, I don't look at it as oh my god, the Giants have a major question mark. They'll have options, but I think in the mind of the Colts. It changes Ojolari versus Ward. It That's does. all I'm indicating. As does yeah. Dory Jackson if he plays. Sure. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. 100%. Anyway. Especially since we mentioned the Colts have some options in the receiving core. And Nick Foles has a pretty strong arm. He's not going to hesitate airing it out. And here's well, we, the other we've thing. We've seen him in this division. Correct. Okay? Exactly. It's not like he's new. No, and that's also why the cold weather, not that it's going to be freezing cold on Sunday. Remember, this guy played in Philadelphia and Chicago. Oh, well, that's recently. not going to bother him. So, yeah, Foles is not going to be bothered it by that. It may bother some of the other Colts no, no, it, who are used to the dome. 100%. The other thing to keep in mind, and I know we're going to open up the phone lines here momentarily, but this is an indie team that is dangerous to me, Paul, because of the pure storyline of they've got nothing to lose. That's for sure. There is nothing that they could do that will come back to bite them. They're out of it, okay? If they lose, they lose. But we're talking about fake punts. I mean, 
Jeff Saturday, opportunity. he can dig as deep yes, as he, he wants into his bag of yes, tricks, and that's what the Giants have to the be aware role. of. Correct. They've got nothing to lose, so they'll throw it all out there. May I add one other item before we go to the phones? Sure. I was very glad to see Landon Collins not only get 30-something plays the other day against Minnesota, but had a couple of really big plays. Against had Jefferson sack, on a screen. Had a sack and then just flattened Jefferson on a screen where he came in to make a hit. He looked like a missile and just bang. It, that might have been the hit of the year for the Giants. That might have been the hit of the year. It was a textbook tackle, and he flattened him. Uh, I'm I'm glad Landon Collins is active, and I'm glad that down the stretch here they're going to have an opportunity to lean on him. I I think his veteran experience, his influence, his savvy, his leadership. I'm I'm just pleased that he finally made it back to the 53. Well, especially since that's also a position we've been talking about to help guard and defend the middle of the field and some of the boundaries and Landon Collins seems to be getting more and more comfortable as he's adjusting to that new position. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY it's more than triple the national average plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or Kemba.org slash CV for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino with you here. Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Few reminders before we carry on with the program. The Giants Huddle Podcast. You can subscribe to that. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts. An episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player. An exclusive sit-down with Bob Pop and head coach Brian Dable. And an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or you can listen on the Giants app as well as Giants.com slash podcast. One more home game left this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. There are still some limited tickets available. You can visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game and secure your seat. And last but not least, Giants TV. It's the official connected TV streaming app. Giants TV, it brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. All right, 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Let's open up the lines as we move forward here on today's program. Rich is in Virginia joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Rich? What do you got for us? Yeah, good afternoon, Lance and, and Godfather Dottino. First of all, thanks for coming in today and working. Uh, uh, we have a show, and, you know, we diehards bleed giant blue, so we really appreciate it. I have a comment on the game. Paul has already started a discussion on it, and then a question for you all if you have time. Sure. What do you got? Okay, so I I went back and looked at that screen pass that people on the Internet, the second screen pass to Jefferson. You mean the, when Thibodeau was held? The, yeah, the one that set up the field goal. Right. So I looked at the, I looked at the recording, and here's what happened, <clears throat> at least from my perspective. i got to look at it again. So um, pre-snap, the Giants showed blitz, okay? So Cousins is in the shotgun. Giants showed bliss. At the snap, they rush four from the right, and Holmes comes in from the left. And Cousins get the ball out. 30, who is Darnay Holmes, leaps to try to bat the ball down. 
I think if McKinney was doing that, oh, our Green Bay, that ball would have been bad. But anyway, he's a short corner. So he misses the ball. Jefferson goes out in the flat. Unlike the Giants, they blocked that thing just perfectly. They got three linemen out there to take out our DBs. Now, sure. one of them is Thibodeau, who went out, who went out in, in uh, zone blitz coverage. I didn't see the hold, but they blocked that perfectly. So I got to tip my cap to those guys. That was a um, the right call at the right time. Well, it but is easy to block it well when you have a guy hold. I would say that. I I didn't see it, Paul. Oh, it was there. It right was now. there. It was well, there. Thibodeau, in fact, Thibodeau, Thibodeau actually, after he got held at the point of attack, he had a chance to get to Jefferson, but he was being held. And then when he finally pulled away, he turned around and looked at the ref and he raised his hands like this. He, he knew he was yeah, being okay. held. It was, it was obvious. But the thing, yeah, the thing that just, you know, I've called on this before, and diehard Giant fans have watched them like I have for years. They, they executed that screen perfectly. Why the heck? I mean, it's so frustrating. The Giants cannot run a screen, and that team runs that thing perfectly. So I tip my cap. The other thing that I wanted to ask you, on the second tight end touchdown by the Vikings, Hockey, they, yeah. uh, they throw like a flag route to the tight end. We got inside leverage with Darnay, again, who is short. He jumps up. His, his, his head is facing the quarterback. Well, he can't get that high. And the Hoskins kid from Minnesota is a pretty, very tall. He's a great play. Um, yeah. Julian Love has got his back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you could ask the DB coach, uh, Paulie, since you're in, the, in there a lot more than anybody else, are they coached when your back is to the quarterback? You see the receiver go up. Are they coached, since they can't see the ball, to put their hands up to knock the ball down? Sure. He didn't do that. Well, and I think if Julian Love would go back, he would tell you that there's a lot of things that he wish he would did better on that play. Because also, if he would have grabbed Hawkinson, they would have easily thrown a flag Bingo. and they would have not given him any credit. Because Laundry when you never, out. yeah, when you never look back at the ball or make an effort, that's an easy pass interference call without any hesitation correct. for the that ref. Is, that is correct. Yeah, correct. That is correct. But I mean, uh, it was blanket coverage, and Hawkinson made a great play. Oh, heck of a play! It was a terrific throw, he and did. an even better I mean, catch. What are you going to do? Well, you got exactly. Exactly. I mean, a tight end has killed the Giants. That's where I'll give the Vikings credit. Catch. I won't give the credit on the screen with the hold, but I'll give it to him on the touchdown catch. Yeah, I mean, I get me too, um, Paul and Lance. But you know, and Cousins, you know, give it, I tip my cap to him too. That ball was in there, just perfect. But overall, I mean, you guys flash back to that last game in the 2007 season. Now, this team's a lot different, but you, I got a really good vibe after this game because if you remember that game, we lost to the Pats. They were, they were undefeated, but we hung in there with them. Yeah. Well, what happened in the Super Bowl? Now, that team is totally different. However, Very different. there is a certain thing in my heart that says, wow. I mean, for, the, for those negative people out there, look, this roster we know is very limited. They hung in there with a team that's, basically the number two seed in the NFC. He could have easily won. Let's face it, we gave these guys the game. Three turnovers. Yes, sir. And they they tied it up there with that drive in the end. I was very proud of them. I was very proud of them. I think they did a heck of a job. No doubt. And I think that's what we had pretty much discussed and appreciate the phone call, Rich. Lance, to be fair, I know the Vikings are the number two seed in the conference right now, but I think if you look at the rosters, the quality of play, how teams are going into the playoffs – I've said all along I thought Philly and San Fran were the two best teams in the conference. 
I'm not sure that Dallas might not be the third best team in the conference and Minnesota might be a distant number four. I think there is a line of delineation. Dallas, Dallas, for me, has crept up yeah. into that third spot. Uh, and forget the standings. I'm talking about quality oh, of play. Optics and everything. Yeah. They were not there earlier in the year. They're there now. Well, they weren't healthy. I mean, Dak okay. wasn't playing. So. So, so there are those three teams that are clearly the cream of the crop in the NFC. And then after that... The Vikings, the Giants, you know, they're at the top of that moat of quicksand that is the second group of players or of teams after the top three in the conference. I think we need to clarify that. Yeah, 100%. I've actually been talking about this very topic on my serious shows. I do think that there's a separation between those three teams and the rest of the NFC, meaning that the way I view it is I would fear playing Dallas, Philadelphia, or San Francisco in the playoffs. I don't know if I'd fear playing anybody else outside of those three. Why should you? Meaning I'd like my chances in a matchup with any of the other teams. Again, it's all about the pool of quicksand. And those other three teams, in my opinion, have pulled themselves away. Sure, but I think it's also— Philly was always away from it. It's also a product, Paul, though. If you look at Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco, they've had dominant lopsided wins this season. Minnesota hasn't. As I was talking earlier, they've won 11 games by one score. So— once again, this is not taking anything away from them, but they've hung around with everybody, and everybody has hung around with them. Dallas hammered Minnesota. They beat them 40-3. to three. <laughs> The Eagles have had games mm-hmm. where the opponent, you know, was down for the count at halftime, and San Francisco has looked really good, and they're on their third-string quarterback, which, once again, is the Kyle Shanahan effect. Look at it this way. All right, if you're a Giants person, you've watched these games— you watch the Giants have very difficult times with Philly and Dallas. Yep. And you could argue that Philly and Dallas didn't necessarily bring their A games. In, in any no, there were matchups. things that they could have cleaned up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think Minnesota brought their A-minus game to the stadium the other day. They don't. They can't play much better than that. Honestly, Well, they other than cleaning up some of the mistakes that almost the Giants capitalized on, I would argue. I but you know, I meaning think, Kirk not putting the ball in harm's way is, one or two Cousins times. Cousins is usually that. Well, that's what he does though. Yes, but I mean, listen, the he's Giants, had a very good Giants, touchdown to interception ratio. He's over got the last eleven few picks seasons. this year. Yeah, but all I right, mean, he's got twenty-four touchdowns. He had. I get in. it. Now he's got twenty-seven. He's, he's so. got eleven picks. He usually gives you chances. He gave the Giants chances, and they didn't. They didn't get them. Okay, I I thought the, the Minnesota brought their a minus game. I don't think they can play much better. I know the Giants can play better. The sloppiness that cost them, we've already gone through it. So that's the difference in terms of how I grade the opponents and, and what I saw in terms of the matchups. No, Minnesota Minnesota's a very favorable matchup for the Giants. No, and I don't think anybody would necessarily disagree because I would have said that even leading into the game, given once again how many close games they've played. But once again, you know, if we play the hypotheticals, Giants would get the Niners if the playoffs yeah, started. Tomorrow, and Clint, that's Giants, not necessarily an ideal Clint matchup for anybody, Who I would say. Who cares about the, the matchup right now? Just get in. Yeah. Well, we're, you're talking about <laughs> it. No, but I understand where you're going. You're saying if the Vikings and Giants matched up again in the playoffs, you'd say, okay, hey, the Giants have a legitimate shot here because it was encouraging based on the no initial doubt. results. But we just don't know if that's we going to happen we do not over know. the next two or three weeks, depending on how everybody falls into place. All right, let's head back to the lines. Ralph is in Yonkers joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Ralph? Good afternoon, guys. It's Rob. 
Rob, okay. Hi, Rob. Not a problem, Rob. It, it, okay. It, it, it's funny because I called last week and you guys said Ralph. I was like, wait, is that, they're, they're talking about me? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's the evolution of it's your okay. name on this program. All right, we got it straightened out. So what does Rob have to offer us instead of Ralph, your other identity? <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so um, I was first thing, I know I wasn't the only person waiting for Thibodeau to uh, do one of those special plays. And then when I started looking – Half of the time, there was like about two or three defendings blocking him. I was like, wonder why he can't he could barely get to the quarterback. Um, well, had, it didn't he help that Ojolari left him. in the second quarter with the ankle injury. That was certainly uh, impactful. I More resources no towards Thibodeau. No doubt. Yes, yes. And they still um, wound up it, with four sacks and 11, I think 11 or 12 quarterback hits. Yeah, no, they no, were he, having their opportunities there. He, 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 he definitely did. But I said everybody was definitely waiting for him. Now, I have another question. What's going on with Kenny Galladay? Uh, it's like, is he gonna play? I, I was actually waiting. At least use him as a as, as a decoy or something. Put him put him in there for something. So therefore, we, somebody like Slate gets some more yards as Kenny Galladay is being a, a, a decoy. Because I'm like, I was like, I know he's not hurt. So why isn't he playing? Well, he got some snaps in the last game. One. Yeah, I mean, I, it was minor. We really, we really need to stop having this conversation. I'm not blaming you, Rob, but you know, you're, you're like the 17th an person that continues to call up don't after every an game, and we I wish have I did. yeah the same results after every contest. I, I think for the most part, I got you guys. that ship yeah. has sailed. And and here's the other thing, Rob, and I'll entertain your comment on a serious note. Do you really think, even if you went into a game saying he's going to be a decoy? Is he putting fear in the eyes of opposing defensive coordinators you're, you're, and you're defensive backs? Absolutely, you're absolutely right. He, he really isn't. He really is. So you know, does um, that even serve a purpose? I guess is my point. I, I got a better one for you. I can tell you why the Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett because the organization gave up a fortune for an over the hill Russell Wilson, and they're paying for it. And he's actually yeah, I, the one who's got to write the check. I I, I just have um one um one more two more things. Sure. I'm happy Collins is in. Because we really needed him. He should have been in a couple more games earlier. I'm happy he's back and he's in. And I feel we had about 13 more points out we left out there. And I'll take it off the air and you guys tell me what you feel about it. All right. Appreciate the phone call. Well, I think we pretty much have hammered that point. Addressed right, it already. The two turnovers in Vikings territory, minimum, you could have gotten a field goal attempt there. And you like your chances with Graham Gano indoors. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's six right there. Minimum. The, minimum. Outside of that, I don't know if I could guarantee 13, Paul. I don't know where he's getting 13. Yeah. I'll give you a six. I'm not giving you 13, though. You could even say maybe a touchdown and a field goal. That would be realistic. Okay, meaning you're playing the coulda, woulda, shoulda game. You could do that you if, don't you get two field goals. if yeah, you but, want I mean, to. That, but even that's a bit of a reach. Correct. I think what yeah. you can say is based on field position, I think the two field goals were pretty much assured. No, and that I'm willing to give you. I'm not willing to go the route of 13 because there's a lot of other unknowns no doubt. and how the rest no of the doubt. drive plays out. And the block punt, clearly you were way back, so there was no guarantee that you were going to score. Plus, there was a reason why they were punting because they ran out of downs under those circumstances. So those were the three main turnovers. Six, I think, is a fair compromise yeah, as opposed to I'm 13. okay with that. And as far as Landon Collins, I can't say it any better than what I said about 10 minutes ago. Very, very glad to see him on the 53, and he certainly made a few impactful plays the other day. I I just, you know, it's hard for me not to believe that he can help or that he can't. I mean, I have to believe he can help is probably the right way I should phrase this when we get my words out correctly. The, the The guy has a lot to bring to the table, even if he's 
slow down, even if he doesn't quite have the range that he had at safety. Now that he's playing linebacker and it's a different position, I understand all of that. But what I do know is he hits and he's smart and he's tough and he's a leader and he's a vocal kind of guy who can also get people's energy up. There's a lot that Landon Collins brings. I think he's in his comfort zone, Paul. Isn't it fair to say? I mean, that was his game. Right now. No, but that was his game when he was here the first time. When you put him in the box around there, you like him. The trouble was when you're talking about center field and asking him maybe to do things deep down the field, that's where perhaps some questions arise. But you put him down near the box, you could tell he's got a really good read on seeing a play develop before it happens yeah. and has good anticipation skills. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And they could use a guy, as we talked about, that in that area of the field. So it's all worked out. And kudos to him and kudos to the team for seeing all of that. Let's head back to the phone lines. We'll check in with Cliff in New York here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Cliff? Hey, guys. Thanks for the show. Good stuff. Um, uh, I want to pick up what I was talking about last week uh, about pass protection. Uh, we thought that it looked uh, so much better against uh, Washington, maybe, and you pointed out, well, they schemed it so that he got rid of the ball fast. But this game, we had all these downfield plays. I mean, I don't know if we did that all year, where we had that many plays over 20 <laughs> yards. And, and uh, I mean, what do you think? That, that, that as, as pass, I've been watching pass pro all year. You know, I'm thinking, well, what's realistic? What do we expect? We got these new guys, these free agents, to make us competitive, which we were. We won games. And then it's like, okay, well, do we really have it going yet? Because it takes time to get that going, especially with, with rookies. And, and uh, we don't want to jump on rookies. We want to give them a chance. So uh, do you think the pass pro really uh, made a difference? Is, is that why we got the, uh, no. the downfield play? Two things. Number one, the Vikings secondary uh, you know, is not as stout as many other teams in this league. In fact, coming in, they were one of the bottom two or three in the league. Oh, they were way okay. down in terms of defending the pass. So understand yeah. that first. But there's one okay. other thing you have to figure on, and, and, and this kind of bothered me a little bit. All three sacks the Giants gave up in this game were against the zone blitz. I don't know if anybody picked up on that, but I certainly did. Um, that troubled me a little bit because, and I don't have the numbers. You'll have to go to your analytics people to go take a look at that. But based on my gut feel from watching the game from the sideline, Minnesota blitzed a lot more in this game than they usually do, and they were using the zone blitz a lot to try to cause some confusion. And fortunately for them, they did get three sacks and 11 quarterback hits, I think it was. Yep. I would like to have seen the Giants protect Daniel a little bit better, especially given that they went with a game plan that obviously featured much more passing. Yeah, Daniel Jones, 42 pass attempts, and then the three sacks, he dropped back 45 times in this game. And we've talked about this also, and I know this game was much more competitive than it's not usually good some recipe. others. Correct. Well, they've lost every single game, Paul, where they have not had at least 30 runs. So if that yeah. doesn't tell you all you need to know, I don't know what does. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that, Cliff, in terms of, well, they took some more shots so the pass protection improved because also Zadarius Smith seemed to put a lot of pressure on Evan Neal throughout that game from start to finish. So if you just focused on that element, Daniel Jones always had to watch out from that side. We know 
Daniil Hunter's a very disruptive player. They got some big boys up front, up the gut, such as Dalvin Tomlinson, who was here. Now, I don't know if there was a drastic improvement in terms of pass protection. I would agree with Paul. I think they like their one-on-one matchups or their zone matchups against Viking secondary players who have been far from dominant this season, and it paid off because, I mean, Jones threw for 334 yards, Paul which was unlike anything we've seen this season. That, to me, was a product of the Vikings personnel on the back end more so than anything else. And they were actually willing to drop Jones back that many times and put him in harm's way, considering that they thought they could effectively move the ball against the secondary. Meaning the pros versus the cons. We like our chances because we think we can make plays down the field with our wide receivers. Yeah. Is is 11 hits a lot? Oh, Oh, yes. 11? Yes. Yes. It sounded you, like a lot. I, I wasn't sure what, what an average number of hits is or acceptable well, here, number. Let, let, let me give you a number. Let me give you a number. This, yeah. this will give you an idea, okay? Uh, the Giants, in terms of quarterback hits this year, and I'm, I usually have this on the tip of my tongue, but I don't right now. Okay. They've given up 105 quarterback hits, okay, through 15 games. Um, they've gotten by themselves – I'm sorry, they've given up – uh, yeah, they've they've gotten 98 quarterback hits, and they've given up 105 quarterback hits. So now you divide that out, and basically I think what you're saying is six or seven quarterback hits a game is roughly the average. I don't know if that's around the league, but certainly in the Giants games, six or seven is roughly the average. So you give up 11 quarterback hits in a game, yeah, that's a lot. You get 11 in a game, that's a lot. Yeah, once you start hitting double figures, that's dangerous territory. Okay, well, then one last thing, then. Then I take a big positive out of that. He doesn't cough up the ball, and he's not hurt. Well, in fairness, though, Cliff, he did cough up the ball. The Giants recovered it. There was a hit. Neil recovered it. Yes, okay. He was at the beginning of a wind-up, and the 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 ball ball came out. The ball popped out. So, I mean, yes, he didn't lose a fumble, but if that's your criteria, I would slightly disagree with you because the hit did lead to him losing the ball. Fortunately, the Giants recovered. I would say Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach this morning, is looking at the tape and saying, we need to do a better job in pass pro. Yes, I think that's fair. Okay. All right. Well, then, then I'm, then I'm, I'll lean on the durability. I, I like his durability a lot. Yeah, That's well, I mean, games. 100%, and that was a big part of coming into this season and appreciate the phone call, Cliff, yeah. right? We were talking about, it can Daniel get through a season? Okay, one well, of the boxes. Here we go, two games left. Daniel Jones has not missed the contest. That absolutely is encouraged. He certainly has taken his fair share of hits and sacks mm-hmm. this season, is he not, mm-hmm. Paul? And he's run and taken some hits as well. So all of those are encouraging aspects. Saquon Barkley's another guy we put up there, right? He also has held up. I know he dealt with a sore neck, but Daniel had the ankle issue earlier this season and played through it, and most guys will tell you they have to do that. Yeah, two definite positives, and you hope that that carries out for the final two games of the season. Let's head back to the phone lines. Coach Marvin is in Delaware joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Coach Marvin? How you doing, Lance, Paul? Hi, Coach. Doing all right. What's on your mind? No, uh, no I was just calling about the game, and uh, I was kind of, going to talk about um, that was probably the most proudest I've been of this team this year is the way they played that game. I know they lost, but I really was uh, proud of the performance on how they play. And uh, a lot of it goes to, you know, Daniel. I'm still kind of like waving back and forth with him. But uh, if he can give me a game like that, you know, five, six, seven times, a season, I think we really have something and get some type of consistency of playing that way because that game it appeared to me that he, to me, this is me looking at it, 
he made his receivers better in that game, and uh, and and that's what I've been looking for. I know we always hear people say, "Oh, we don't have the receivers, we don't have this, we don't have that," and I understand that, but we have what we have, and and if that's the cards you dealt, then you have to deal with them. Coach, and, I, I think and, from, yeah. if I may interrupt for a second, because I do want you to answer this, I think it'll provide more clarity for our listeners. One of the reasons that you can swallow this better and that you feel more prideful about the team is because the Giants made physical errors that cost them this game. They did not make yes. mental errors that cost the game. And there's a big difference when a coach looks at the tape and sees those. That's exactly right, Paul. And uh, kind of Lance... Uh, punched a hole in my um, post-game speech. If that was me talking, that would because what you're saying, Paul, is pretty much those things are correctable. I mean, they didn't do anything that can't be corrected, and I think most of them know what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought they gave a good effort in that game. You give me effort, you miss a tackle here and there, but you, I can see you give an effort. I, I can I can handle it. I'll probably be still a little disappointed you didn't make the play, but I can handle it. I can I know when my players are giving effort, and they were giving an effort, and I was proud of that. And but going back to Lance, I've been through something similar to this. My first year coaching is um, we played a team that was ranked higher than us, but we played them and we played them tough. And the first thing I said at the end of the game, I told them. We're going to see them again. And that meant what I was saying is I'm proud of the way they play, but I know you guys can handle these guys. And I would love – that would be the first thing I say to them when I go in the locker room. We're going to see them again. And we're going to see them real soon. But Lance already was telling me how it lines up in the playoffs that we may not be able to see them. But I'm hoping that that could be a draw that they can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was really proud of how they uh, played this game. Um, I was hoping if, this, if we can get the secondary healthy, I think we can be okay. The, you know, secondary guys kind of like disappointing in the NFL to me because they don't they don't play corner the way I feel it should be played. I think guys run with their heads turned. Yeah, it's in the, the wrong fundamental skill set. Yeah, that you're referring to. Sure. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have instincts of when the ball is coming, and that's why I used to tell my guys. You have to run the route. And, and if you look at the really good corners, they actually run the route for the receiver. And they can see the whole field. They can see the route. They can see when the quarterback's ready to throw. And they almost can understand what, how that throw's going to come in. And if you look at the interception by Peterson, Peterson was an outstanding corner in his day. Oh, I yeah. mean, he's getting yep. a little older. No, he's having a good but season this year, too. Right. If you see the way he played that ball, yep. he undercut the route. Yep. Smart and that's play. What I mean, he understood that route mm-hmm. that he undercut it. Mm-hmm. And then I think back at the game we played uh, Washington. I can't remember who the corner was. It could have been. Oh, it was. Um, was it Fuller? I can't think his name. Well, number forty-four. Um, McLeod. Oh, for the Giants. For the Giants. Yes. Nick, Nick McLeod. McLeod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, McLeod. He he let he a uh, guy got got like they ran a little uh, 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 a little post for a touchdown in the Washington game. Yeah, and he was trailing the receiver. He could have undercut that receiver mm-hmm. because you're not going to catch him. You're not going to catch him when you're trailing. He's right. already got your beat. So you got to undercut that route. 
to, to, to make the quarterback either throw it over your over our heads where I can't get it, or he's going to throw it on the line. And they normally would throw that pass on the line. And Dan, and Daniel threw his ball on the line, mm-hmm. and Patrick Peterson was right there. He undercut it. Well, and that's and the difference in experience. Experience, I think, you know, yes, and, 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 yeah. a, and a, probably a Hall of Fame and, player and Peterson. Instinct. 100%, yeah. And their instincts. A lot of these guys sure. have good instincts, like Diggs of the Cowboys. He was a receiver. He understands route running. A lot yep. of people are not talking about well, and I heard moving him. Yeah, and I heard Patrick Peterson. And Coach Marvin, we appreciate the phone call. We'll let you go on that note. I heard Patrick Peterson talking after the game, and he had mentioned that Daniel, he felt, was getting confident in testing the Vikings secondary. I thought this was interesting. That's why I like listening to the opposing perspective. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I was sensing yes. Daniel's going to give me one. And he read it perfectly, jumped the route, and picked him off. Exactly as Patrick Peterson had anticipated. And that, to me, that's a veteran, savvy, polished yes. cornerback yes. sensing the flow of a game, knowing from going up against other quarterbacks how they get in the groove they're going to eventually give me one, and that comes with time and experience is my point. Sometimes players and coaches will use a phrase, uh, I got got. Well, Jones got got by yep. a very savvy future Hall of Famer who made a really good play, showed his ball skills as well as his smarts on a ball that was a bit underthrown. All right, it wasn't a great throw, but he yep. paid for it because Peterson is who he is. Yeah, and that was a heads-up play, and you got to give credit to him. Now, Cordell Flott also made a good play. He just unfortunately could not hold on to the ball and complete the process. Unbelievable. So that was a missed opportunity there. And going back to your point, it's interesting, Paul, you talk about the physical mistakes. So Bellinger loses a fumble. We talked about the interception, the block punt in terms of letting the guys have leverage up the gut, right? All of these things certainly are correctable. It's not as if we're talking about this game and saying they committed – 15 penalties. Now, they did have seven, and I would argue some of them were costly. The holding mm-hmm. penalty on an offensive drive, yeah. you know, that certainly came back to bite them. They had a few false starts, but those key game-breaking, game-changing moments were a result of physical miscues, to your point, as opposed to mental miscues. So that is at least another encouraging well, aspect. For example, uh, Richie James got open on both of those plays that he dropped. Yep. Jones made the right read and made a good throw on both of those drops. So your mentality, your ME, so to speak, were not there. It was not a mental error. No, physically, they could not complete right, the pass. Right, right, right spot. Right. Perfect Everything timing. about the play was right except yep. the drop. That's a physical problem. That's what Coach Marvin's talking about. You can clean that up. Bellinger getting the ball knocked out. He didn't hold it tight enough, and the Vikings made a really great play and ripped Brian it out. Brian Asamoah made a great that's a, play. That's a great play, okay? Yep. But Bellinger got open. He knew what he was doing. He got the ball, and then he just couldn't have the strength to hold on to it. All right? That's the stuff we're talking about. That's why if you're the Giants, you feel good about the matchup because you did the kinds of things you have to do to win and then physically had to let down physically on certain plays that cost you. Speaking of drops, I remember I – Talk to you briefly on the Giants Radio Network postgame show. Yes. I thought the pass to Hodgins before the block punt was behind him. Remember you had mentioned, I don't know if you had a chance to go I back gave, and watch I gave him, it. I gave, him? I gave Hodgins a drop, you and gave I, a gave, drop? I gave yes. James two. You're a hard That's, grader. I'm very hard. Yeah, you're very hard. I, I thought that was behind him. I'll, I'll give you some numbers here. I have the Giants for 38 drop passes this year. 12 have come on third down. Two have come on fourth down. 18 of the 38 throws were first down throws beyond the, the line. Which is okay. huge. 
one drop touchdown, one drop two point conversion. And, uh, you know, I could break it down by individual players because yeah. I have the whole chart on all of that. But just for clarification, this is your grading system. The, this, this is, is not my anything grading official system. from the NFL. Correct. I just want to make sure everybody understands Correct. that. I'm very difficult on drops. I'm tough. Yeah. I'm like a wide receivers coach. I, I do not believe guys who get paid to catch the ball should get a whole lot of leeway. The other thing I wanted to note real quickly about that Hodgins play, he would have not gotten the first down, too. If I did not grade back, it as a first no, no, down. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he was about a, lot a foot of people, short. Correct. So even if he caught it and he had two Vikings defenders he around did. him, he was not getting that first down. He did. Not an excusable reason, but just understanding the dynamics of the play. They and might have gone for fourth and a fourth. They may have. They may have. It's very possible. But field position-wise, still would have come with a lot of risk at that Dable's point. Dable's got some guts. He does. Sure. He might have gone for that. But you know what? I'm glad we're having this conversation because, see, this is one of those hypotheticals. There are so many different elements. I know. That's why I you know. don't know how the you game don't would know. end up if we change one or two things. It's the whole domino effect. Just mm-hmm. like the last caller, not the last caller, earlier in the show, he says, I would have given the Giants 13 points. But we're saying, well, six is more reasonable. <laughs> you see? Because there's a lot of things that could happen no as doubt. a result of a change. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Too. No doubt. Let's head back to the phone lines. We got Wilson in Roxbury joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Wilson? Hey, guys. Uh, again, uh, hopefully you guys had a great holiday. Um, hopefully for you, too. Yeah, same Thank to you. you. Listen, I, I'm not there. I'm not, I don't believe in a, in a loss being a good loss. Uh, it, you lose, you lose. But I do believe this, though. I do believe um, that we were the better team. And I do believe that we, we have the better quarterback. I mean, every ball, every ball bounced the Vikings' way. Everyone. Each, everyone. Every, everything that could go wrong went wrong for us and went right for them. Um, so uh, on that point, I feel very well. Uh, this is what happens when you have receivers that, are, you know, you, you, you get, this is what happens when you have practice squad receivers. They, can, they, they, they catch balls, but on the, on, the, on, the, on the biggest catch, they drop it because if Richie James catches the ball, we win the game. Well, you know, I think so, what Richie James, if he goes back and he watches this, he'd probably tell you, I was thinking right. the five or six yards I'm going to gain after the catch before I secured the football. Because if you go back and you watch it, he's got his head turned up the field. He's a man on a mission. He's saying, all right, the ball's coming to me, and I'm going to get open right. space. The problem is you need the football in your hands before you operate with the five to six yards ahead of you. That's what but, happened. But Paul, Paul, he, or Lance. It's okay. I've been called worse. Yes. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Len. I, Wilson, I, I you're killing me here. Wilson, that, that's strike two for you, okay? <laughs> I'm keeping track. That is no, strike two for uh, you. You do it three times, we're going to put you down on the list, okay? And I'm not talking about the no, naughty list, but go ahead, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is he does it every game he does it. Every game he's got one of those drops that basically, like, you know, he, like, he just deflates the whole balloon. For what but, it's worth, but, all right, Richie James has 50 catches this year, and I've got him down for four drops. Okay. No, he, he's over a cheat. He's over a cheat. So this year I mean, because... again, you know, the the allowable is usually three per fifty, about six percent. Right. 
is my grade for, you know, that's about as right. high as I want to get in terms of tolerance. So he's a little higher than that, but he just had two right. on, on, on Saturday, which brought his total right. up to four for the season. To be frank with you, it's kind of hard right. to really crush him. I think a lot of people no, no, combine you, you, the two yeah. fumbles on the returns against Seattle Which is a special they, teams play. they hold it against him. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with the receiver. Right. No, the reason why you can't crush him is because he wasn't supposed to be your number one receiver, and he, he, and he is. Oh, his production is, is much uh, unexpected. Sure. Yeah. Well, exactly. this is the most offensive snaps that he's received, and in terms of a wide receiver. I mean, I'll bring it up just to confirm, but just to put things in perspective, here's his snap count on the offensive side of the ball this season. He has played 474 snaps. That's more snaps than he's played in any of his previous three seasons. So he's right. setting career numbers we're talking about. Right, but I do I do believe this, though. If we beat the Colts, well, I think we will, but hey, listen, nothing is guaranteed. So if we That's for Colts, sure this season. We, right, and, it, and, and we go back to Minnesota, I feel extremely confident. Mm-hmm. And if we have to go back to, if we have to go to San Francisco, listen, eventually the bubble, the bubble is going to burst. I mean, a, a third, a third-string quarterback doing what he's doing. You know, you know, you know. Sometimes it, things just, just you know, when they go down, they go down in a hurry. It, it, it might happen. Well, Wilson, they got a, they got a lot of good elements around that quarterback one, that one I think you're dismissing. One never knows, but their defense is really good, <laughs> and their offensive skill <laughs> they are really weapons good. too that they have around the quarterback. I, 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 yeah. Okay. I just want to see Brock Purdy. And a, and a third and ten, I gotta have third and ten with the pressure over playoffs. When with, with a lot of guys blitzing, I want to. He hasn't been there. Though. Listen, he in fair, Wilson, there. I get your point, and I'm not gonna say right. that it's something that should be overlooked. But in fairness, what the way I counter right. your point is, you can't tell me there's overwhelming playoff experience on this Giants roster, there's and not. you can't tell no, me no, no, that no. there's I, I, no, no. But 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 my point is, you, it seems like you're making an argument to bring the Niners down to give the Giants a realistic shot. And who, who knows what happens in football? But at the same time, the Giants are not bringing a wealth of experience into that matchup either. My man, just worry about getting no, in. Forget well, about yeah. the seed, okay? Honestly, just get in. No, no, I know that. I know. I'm, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that the Giants have get no respect. No respect. I mean, if they go to, what, they go, if they go to San Francisco, they'd probably be a 10-point underdog. And, 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 and with a third-string quarterback, the Giants are not a 10-point underdog, but they will. But they okay. will, and they oh, but that's not going to stop them from probably... playing the game, though. I mean, they're still no, no, going to no, go no. out there. Of course, and they probably be a, a, a either a four or a five point underdog against against the Vikings. I mean, my God, they are three point favor against the Colts at home. So, so, so what I'm saying is, the, obviously, nobody's going to give the Giants a chance. But, but I think I think they overlooking the fact that this kid is is a third string quarterback that that everything has gone right. Listen, against Seattle, against Seattle, where things got a little rough, he overthrew guys all over the place. Look, I'm going to make it easier I, I, for I, I, you. Rather than worried about a matchup against San Francisco, here's what I will say. Whoever the Giants play in the playoffs, they're going to look at the Giants and they're going to say, look, that pass rush, if it's healthy, can really cause us some trouble. They're going to say yeah. Daniel Jones is playing good football. They're going to say Saquon Barkley needs to be dealt with because he is a damn good football player. And they're going to say that coaching staff on the Giants' sideline, they're not going to make it easy for us. That, that's right. what they're going to say, okay? That's all you need to know. 
Right. And by we playing with we playing with house money all around. So yeah, one hundred percent. All right, Wilson. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for giving us a ring. But you have to understand, the Niners have won eight straight games, and they have played one one score game during this eight game run against the Seahawks, which is a division rival, which you would expect yeah. because it's a team that knows you well. And they've beaten multiple teams that are in the playoff hunt or just on the outside, including the Chargers and the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. I mean, that was Tom Brady on the other sideline, mm-hmm. and that defense wreaked havoc against him. So, yeah, I understand you may not want to crown Brock Purdy, and no one should, but don't overlook the other key components of that team. Pretty scary. Kayvon is in Charlotte joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Kayvon? We only got one more minute because I got to get to another uh, another program. So go ahead real quick. Okay, gentlemen, first of all, happy holidays. You too. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I would like to uh, ask a question as far as the third and nine on the last drive. Um, the all-out blitz. I didn't see any safeties over the top. Love Wink Martindale. Uh, love the energy and the defensive schemes uh, that he brings. Uh, but my question is, why would he have single coverage uh, on a Jefferson and not have someone to help him out when they converted that third and nine? Granted that it was a 61-yard field goal, but I really thought that that uh, third and nine conversion. The third and nine, they were probably a tenth of a second away because they had, they had the blitz on. They were a tenth of a second away of plastering Cousins into into the field turf. Right. I mean, yeah, honestly, that was the earlier play. I, yeah, not, this, I this is the third and nine he's Correct. talking about no, but, from the 26. Well, I just want to make sure you're not referring completion. to the – but are you referring to the, the third and 11 when they got 17 yards? Or are you referring to that third and nine that Paul was just talking about? I, I was referring to the third and nine. It was right. on the okay. last – Right. Sure. No, no, right. I just want to make sure. It was the third yeah. down conversion. It was the third play of the drive. Uh, they called the blitz, and they were within literally half a breath of, of getting a sack on Cousins. He sure. was desperate to get rid of the ball, just fires it in, in Jefferson's vicinity because, let's face it, you can do that when the guy's so good. He's, he's excellent. Just get the ball in his vicinity. You know he's got a chance to catch it, and he did. Right. What are you going to do? You've got to live by it. I don't think it was a bad call. Okay, fair enough. Fair All right, enough. come on. I didn't. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily think that it was a bad call. Um, Sometimes the other guys just make a play, you know. I mean, that's why Jefferson's no, who no, he is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that. I know that. I just thought there was that a guy that, in cousin's face. I mean, face. there was a lot of other. Oh, absolutely. There was a lot of other things that obviously were critical in the game as far as the turnovers. It was just that particular situation on that drive. You yep. know, and I understand. It, you know, it is Jefferson. Yeah, he's a special okay. player, and special players yeah. make big-time plays down the stretch. And appreciate the phone call, Kavon. Thanks so much for giving us a ring here. That's why they are certainly approaching a very unique season for him. He could become the first player in NFL history to have 2,000 in a single season, and he certainly helped his cause with over 100 yep. against the Giants. All right, that is going to wrap up. Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Certainly appreciate everybody for tuning in. A reminder that today's episode is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Paul Dottino, I'm Lance Beto. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest. We'll be back up and running again on Tuesday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot slash iHeart.